0: This is Fly with Steve Chico and Craig Forsythe wondering when the flyers are going to finally give us the quarantine content we crave a full rundown of kent manderville's workout regimen well craig we have gone ahead and podcasted for two hours already so let's go do another five hours let's right now more.
1: yeah we'll, i want to break the half day mark i want to podcast for 12 hours in a day and if we don't do it now putting on the table i want to do it at some point in time so it's up to you steve if you want to make this a 10-hour podcast we can or if you want to push it off and uh and wait for that later we can we can do that next week something or something
0: let's set the guinness world record for podcasting length. Hey. if we haven't done it already
1: <laughs> if we haven't done it yet yeah well i'll do a little research we'll find out but uh, i think we might
0: call up there. those guinness people hello right
1: mr guinness yeah what's your uh, what's the record for longest podcast that's how the conversation's gonna go I mean, it's gotta be like a day long or days long. There's somebody working the loophole where it's like a four day long podcast, but they didn't talk for like a day of it, but they had the machines going, you know what I mean? There's gotta be, we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. They're like, you know, it's, it's producing that thin tape that people read things off of. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: just that they did that for like two days and they're like, Oh, we had the longest podcast, but this is, my. this is, this is, you know, what we came on here to talk about. Uh, I mean, kind of is, but where would you what would you want to talk about, Steve? If...
0: We came on here to talk about how I finally watched the entire movie of There Will Be Blood. Finally. Oh, nice. So, I, hold on. There Will Be Blood, over a decade old, uh, acclaimed Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Daniel Day-Lewis, best performance of his career, it's often said. And I, you know, I'm not quite a movie buff, but I watch a lot of great movies and I, I you know, know a lot about movies. And, uh, I remember back when Netflix was just discs. My day, Netflix was discs. They mailed you in the mail. Really? And it came in a red envelope and it was very exciting. Uh, I remember renting it and I was living by myself and I was just exhausted. And I sat down and I fell asleep real early. (laughs) And I woke up at the end of the movie and I just see Daniel Day Lewis Beating Amanda death while yelling about milkshakes
1: <laughs> I was
0: and it was the most confused i've ever been in my life waking for... up and hearing i drink your milkshake
1: <laughs> i was gonna say the only two things i remember that movie from when i watched it like yeah whenever it came out uh paul f Tompkins is in there at some point
0: for like a for like a minute a yeah.
1: minute yeah and then also yeah the i drink your milkshake i drink it up and they just yeah he's just beating. I guy. drink it
0: up <laughs> yeah. oh it's, it's <laughs> tremendous tremendous that that end scene is so fantastic it's a, I finally sat down and watched the full thing like this weekend M had to work so I just decided to watch uh good movies that I had not uh either fully seen or not seen at all so I watched that and I watched Blade Runner 2049 so uh you know I just decided I'm gonna watch long movies that I have to pay attention to <laughs>
1: That's kind of, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good uh, approach with the, the quarantine. That's what I've been doing. I mean, you just finished the wire, right? Are you working through the wire now?
0: I'm. So it's my second time through the wire. I'm yeah. currently on season four. I think Bill just said. And just for your background, we uh, just recorded a fun. Uh, I think it's coming out as a podcast. A fun uh, trivia match I hope with so. uh, the people from the Good Fight. And uh, we were doing flyers and Philly's trivia. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But I think Bill just said he finished season four. I just am starting or midway through that, yeah. season four of my my rewatch. So, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, but The Wire, of course, a classic if you have not seen it. Uh, definitely watch that and pay attention because it is dense. <laughs> it is deep. There is a lot going on.
1: Yeah, that was uh that's why I wanted to watch after I watched the rest of the Sopranos here. That is like another really good, one of the best shows ever, is what they say about The Wire. Steve, so I feel like I should probably they check say out that
0: about The Sopranos too. Yeah,
1: so I'm just I'm going back in time and making up for. I got to watch those too. Maybe I squeeze in a uh, Game of Thrones and then get a fourth one here before we're allowed to uh, go back enough time. time. So yeah, yeah so. and
0: now you know all about you know just how badly Tony Soprano needs cold cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, now I do. Yeah,
0: come, where the cold cuts. <laughs>
1: My favorite was, there was a scene, there was a scene, uh, I think it was somewhere in season five, but Karn walks in and says one thing to start the conversation, and he's eating a cold cut, and he puts it down on the kitchen counter, he's like, you lost me. And I'm just like, it was one line, but <laughs> you already lost. <laughs> but just like, the the grunt, he's just like, oh, you lost me. And then he just put <laughs> down the cold cut. And just...
0: The Tony Soprano grunts are great, his uh, terrible, terrible relationship with his son.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that part's oh. getting that that part's getting more uh, Caliente. What was it? Uh AJ Have you just... seen
0: the the one where he, he slams AJ into like the this like stereo equipment in his room yet?
1: Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw that. Well, I was going to say I just got to the point where he's working construction now and he uh he hooked up with the um I guess whoever's running the like the W2s the there and everything, the yeah, accounting. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. So I got to that part. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, the t- like the uh the, the the way Tony's like just become I don't know, his character's hilarious to me now. Like sometimes like half of his scenes just crack me up. He was singing Steely Dan in one of the episodes. So he was just singing Dirty Work. And I was like, well, this is this is good shit. This is they needed more of that in Sopranos, just you know, like comedy well
0: oh, this work <laughs> yeah. no more.
1: So it's a good show. I would uh, you know, getting that out there now. I don't know if I'm the first one on record to say that, but Sopranos good show. I I would watch the, <laughs> you should watch the Sopranos, so
0: you know Craig's recommendations Craig's spicy recommendations <laughs> Craig. that, that's our that's our recommendations for this week is the sopranos the wire and there will be blood
1: yeah so if you got not nah, I know I stuff like, from
0: last decade
1: I don't want to say I'm a movie buff but as a movie and pop culture buff these three should they're they're pretty good I'll say that I'll go on a limb and say these are watchable. <laughs>
0: watchable nice watchable that's your that's your scale watchable and not watchable
1: yeah the worst critic ever it's like yeah watch it's gonna
0: be a no from the sea dog
1: (laughs) all right so when we do sea dog in the jacket it's just really in-depth pop culture reviews and then just like zoo crew stuff on the borders like when we come in from commercial when we go to commercial that's what we'll do
0: i am i'm like this close to buying a soundboard for that this close (laughs) Definitely about. I, I've mentioned before on Flyperbole that I used to intern for a Philadelphia radio station on a morning show, and just like one of the weirdest things we put on the soundboard was the host stuttering. Hmm. So we just like replay that where it's like, S-s-s. like. <laughs> One of the hosts would stutter, I I guess, a decent amount, but I didn't think enough that they should be mocking it with a soundboard designation. And uh, what was the other thing that they used? It was like that and him asking to get a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich. I
1: think I remember him telling me about the sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich one. I do not. Because he made
0: the sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich in the studio. Somebody thought that would be a good idea. And they brought a full grill setup in, and he was making sausage, egg, and cheese sandwiches. And the studio filled up with smoke.
1: Who would have thought, who could have who seen have that coming? Yeah.
0: That this not, not really well ventilated <laughs> radio studio that is soundproof would fill up with smoke when you cooked indoors. Like, I can't cook, cook a goddamn cheeseburger on my grill pan indoors without filling up with smoke, let alone. Uh, yeah. But the best part, John DeBella from WMGK down the hall just, running down poking his head in, and go what the hell are you guys doing in here <laughs> and then we offered him a sausage egg and cheese sandwich and he said no but i'm gonna take some bricks. i'm italian
1: and there you go and then I, and then he guys grilled every day in the studio from there on out took some once got away bread
0: you know it would have been good but instead as the intern i would just get 10 bucks to go downstairs get a, a couple sandwiches for the hosts and Get one for myself, you know, because I actually didn't yeah. make any goddamn money because I was an intern. Yeah, best years of your life, though. Best years, yeah. Right? <laughs> best, I think half year. I think I did that for a half year. Best half year of my life. Thank hey, you. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the biz, and you hear that all in this show. I learned the importance of of donkey sauce and.
1: Well, you did meet Fabio, I believe, in that time frame. I
0: did meet Fabio, which my uh... birthday buddy Fabio.
1: I don't know, you know, outside of... If he had told me somebody had met Fabio, I don't know what my excitement level should be. It's pretty exciting. I know he like was pretty, pretty big pop culture icon at one time, right?
0: Like, yeah, so yeah. the early 90s, he was on the cover of every romance novel. <laughs> he was in one of the Wayne's World movies. I, I forget if he was or if they just... He,
1: uh, was, you know, in, he cool. was in a lot of stuff.
0: He was in he, a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I think he was on Friends at one point. Not that that
0: matters, so but yeah the one where they met Fabio
1: <laughs> oh yeah that would be yeah you're right fuck i forgot about that one yeah
0: i'm still <laughs> thinking
1: about there will be blood now <laughs> daniel day-lewis the
0: one up. where there will be blood
1: yeah i'm just thinking about that line it's, and how you know, dramatic he was Stevie i he gets
0: he gets into the oil business
1: <laughs> i take your masseuse clients i take them up i just start
0: the- chandler gets beaten to death with a bowling, <laughs> bowling pin <laughs> It's Could a I controversial eat, episode. Eat
1: <laughs> That's all it is. And then Ross, uh, Ross ends up getting divorced from Daniel Day Lewis. It's a whole thing. So
0: it's a whole thing. Yeah, I can't even begin to describe the plot <laughs> of the one where there will be blood.
1: This is this is good stuff. This is I, you want to just do this for another hour? I mean, there's I it's the I, same old fucking shit. I, I mean,
0: would do Sea Dog in the Jacket for the next hour. I'm telling you, I would do it, but. We got, we got these very important hockey updates. The people come to. here. Guys, yeah. You've never heard more vital hockey updates than the ones you're about to hear. We're going to do that, and then we're going to go through the Eagles schedule, which is definitely totally going to happen. They're going to mm-hmm. play every game. Mm-hmm. There's going to be fans. All of that will absolutely happen.
1: I feel like, I feel like the NFL, I, I feel like next season they're just not going to have fans, but they're still going to do all the games. And I feel like the NFL is not going to miss a beat. I feel like if everybody wants to watch the games at home. Maybe they lose a bit, a little bit on ticket revenue. Maybe that does hurt them. I don't know. That might hurt, but I think uh, they'll be fine. Anyway, yeah, let's talk about this fucking news. Uh, I was gonna say
0: the stadiums might lose out on twelve dollars beer revenue.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which okay. So maybe they do need the fans. I don't know. One maybe. of my
0: favorite Paul Rudd lines from uh, the Forty Year Old Virgin, where he's like, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, it's nine dollars beer night." <laughs>
1: And that movie came out how many years ago? <laughs> so the price has only gone up from there?
0: <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty good movie, though. Yeah, that's a good movie. Um, yeah, we could we could talk about that. and uh, we'll, I just wanted to mention, there was a three-hour schedule reveal show for the NFL today. Three hours. I mean, there's... To reveal a goddamn schedule. And it's just... You know, you almost have to admire how the NFL has just completely taken advantage of the lack of other sports to just put any crap on there. Like it's, I have to admire it in a way. Whereas the NHL is like, nah, we can (laughs) screw this up. We know how. Oh yeah. Gary Bettman took this as a personal challenge to find a way to screw up the league more during the COVID crisis. Yeah. Bettman
1: saw what the NFL did. The NFL, a league in their off season, a league that routinely garners a lot of attention towards their draft. Uh, and the draft is, I think you can easily say the NFL draft is more important than the NHL draft to an extent. I feel like in the NFL draft, all the players you're picking are going to play snaps for your team that year. That's not happened in the NHL. So the interest in dra- in the draft for fans of the NFL is a lot more than the NHL. And uh, But all this went on. NFL apparently set highs in ha- viewership for the draft, and Bettman was like, oh, we could do that. And uh, it sounds like they're thinking about it. And it sounds like, to this guy, a terrible fucking idea. Because apparently they're going to move up the draft to early June before they resume the season and then just figure it out, which is something we've been talking about, I guess, the last couple of weeks about how that's dumb. And that's pretty much been the main pushback on it. But uh, to get to, I guess, kind of hone in on what we're talking about here, Uh, the league, again, was talking about moving up the draft to early June. Uh, According to J.D. Burke on Sunday, uh, he spoke to a front office executive who anticipates that an early June draft is going forward with an announcement as early as tomorrow or Tuesday. This is over the weekend. Obviously, the announcement didn't happen. Um, Pierre Lebrun also tweeted on Monday that there was a good discussion on the Board of Governors call read the NHL draft, no decision yet, and that the decision will either come uh, at the end of this week, it didn't, or uh, will happen next week. And uh, pretty much the main reason why they're trying to move it up is because the argument for engaging with fans again and also it's the one it's the one ticket to town like it's going to be something that you assume that if you're a hockey fan and you're quarantined and you're not able to do anything else you're going to at least want to watch the nhl draft so i think what they're thinking is if they move up the draft for the season resumes everybody's going to watch it and they're going to set highs in viewership when it comes to this draft And I think it's going to go the other way where everybody thinks it's more they just look at it as like a a cheap draft or a phony way to do it, especially because it seems like the big push is if they move up the draft. The other thing they would do to, I guess, cancel out the effects of quarantine and everything is to cancel the rest of the regular season and make a 2014 playoff, which again would be doubling down on what I don't think most of us want to say and what the league thinks we want to say.
0: The, the league finds yet another way to screw everything up. I was going to say, like, this is where the the Ron Howard arrest development narrator would be like, the league thought it would increase visibility of everything and get everybody to watch. It wouldn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's and I don't like, know. I
0: I don't give a shit about the NHL draft that much. Usually, like I care as far as like the Flyers and that's about it. Yeah. And I care about the trades, right? I care about potential trades and what the Flyers are going to do. Yeah. Nothing else. Like, I really don't give a shit. And I find watching any sports draft just unbearable. Like, the NFL draft, with all the production value you could possibly have, unbearable. The NHL draft, we have a lot of fun with parties on it and everything and yeah. all that. But it's not, it's not an exciting thing to watch. It's usually just people sitting around going... Yeah, this kid from Moosehead's really going to kill it.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, yeah, getting prepared for the draft and everything. Like now, I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody was expecting the draft to happen for a while. And now they're going to move it up to just a couple weeks away. I don't think anybody's going to be really prepared for this. Or at least I don't no think anyone's going to be prepared. Like, I don't think, I don't even think actual teams are ready to go through with that if that's even the case. Even if they were prepared for it to happen in. Late June, I think. Once all, once everything started getting suspended or paused because of coronavirus, they would have been like, "All right, well, that's not happening for a while." And now, <laughs> now he's like, do you want to do that like right fucking now? You want to do it like tomorrow?"
0: No and one's just gonna just... be prepared, and everybody, again, like if you can't trade, yeah, why? That's why do it? Thing. Because it, half the draft is about making trades, and like, who cares? Like, yeah. I'm sure these fine young gentlemen that most of us will see in three to four years <laughs> are, are great. And that's the thing, like hockey and baseball, nobody really cares that much about their drafts because you don't see these guys on average for a couple years. Like every now and then you get a Steven Strasburg who comes out and you get a Connor McDavid. Uh, you don't usually like the NHL, the first couple guys will play immediately, but then, Think back to last year, Cam York, the Flyers got t- Cam York. You're not going to see Cam York for at least another year or two guys.
1: Yeah. You're not going to see him for a couple seasons. Right. It's obvious he's good and he has NHL potential, but it's still just, it's going to take a little bit of time to develop. Yeah. It's usually what Gary
0: Bettman doesn't realize is that the NFL and NBA drafts are popular because you see these guys make immediate impacts. Like yeah. you're going to see the Eagles first round pick. He's going to be one of their starting receivers to start the season. Uh, you can talk all you want about how good a pick was, <laughs> but that's a whole other debate. Yeah. But you're going to see that guy immediately. You're going to see the Sixers first-round pick generally uh, pretty immediate. You know, like, it, it, these guys play right away, and NHL and MLB, it takes years to develop most of these guys.
1: Yeah, and there's also, people know, that's the other thing, too, is the NHL doesn't have the advantage, especially in America, of, people watch NCAA basketball and NCAA football. Those are Like those are going to be things that nobody's watching the Frozen Four, or I shouldn't say nobody, but I mean like the general public is not watching the Frozen Four. Well, and it's the Frozen
0: Four thing, yeah. And it's Canadian juniors.
1: Yeah, exactly. The American public
0: certainly is not watching. Yeah. Like people, I'm sure hardcore hockey fans in Canada are going to give the NHL draft good ratings, but they're going to get that anyway from them.
1: Yeah. And even they care
0: they want American ratings, right? They want American ratings. And this isn't, I, I like, can Gary Bettman really be this stupid?
1: <laughs> well, okay, so, uh, related to that question, and I'll throw this the out there. The answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes, and I'll tell you what, what the degree it is. Uh, so, Sportsnet Chris Johnson reported uh, a couple hours ago before we started doing the recording for the other. One is reporting, quote, everything is still on the table, according to Bill Daly. And uh, even though the momentum has slowed down for the league going forward with an early June draft, I like how the momentum momentum has slowed down compared to the GMs and players being like, no, we're not. Don't. No, don't do that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And now they have to pretend like there wasn't backlash, but we'll find out. Um, But. Also from Johnston, many believe there's a foregone conclusion late last week after Daily sent an eight-page memo to teams touting the benefits of an early draft. But after a Monday call with the league's board of governors and other discussions, there continues to be an internal debate about what direction to take. Uh, Johnson also went on to say, uh, despite facing si- significant pushback from general managers, the NHL believes there is value in holding the draft at a time when the sporting calendar is on hold because of COVID-19. Recent drafts held by the NFL and WNBA each drew record to audiences and provided fresh content for those leagues. Um, and then also uh, mentioned issues uh, that we, we were talking about, slotting draft picks with an incomplete season and certain teams having less players to be able to deal or acquire at draft because of uh, the lingering postseason. So it's um, – it, to me, it sounds really dumb. It sounds uh, – and I know the league is really – we talked i think the numbers were 350 to 500 million last week or a couple of weeks ago and we talked about what would happen if they just straight up didn't play any games from here until the start of next year and i know that's a ton of money and i know they think that one way to cushion that blow would be moving this up and making it a huge spectacle spectacle but
0: it's a whole bunch of nothing. I just
1: don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Like there's no it's a whole way bunch of like, nothing.
0: the NHL draft up, is not exactly. a premier event. It is not the NFL draft. It is not the NBA draft. It is not something that people really find themselves that excited for, let alone when you can't make trades, like at least at the NFL half the exactly. appeal of the NFL draft. Also beyond the fact that college football is a big deal and people know these players is the fact that there are big trades made. Yeah. People yeah. move up, people move down. Like, Essentially, all you're going to be able to deal are picks.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even the, and it's not half the reason why most people watch is is you're right. They watch for the trades. So I and I don't I don't know how they don't see but that.
0: PK Subban got dealt last year. And that was a huge deal. Yeah, that was a draft uh, trade, right?
1: I I think so. I think yeah. I think it was. I think they did that early in the second day of the draft. I want to say. But yeah, he, no, you're but right. Like, he was
0: traded. You're yeah. on the edge of your seat waiting for something like that. And if there's not even a possibility of that, I'm going to half-heartedly follow it on Twitter. Yeah. Well, and well, that's the thing people that know more about it,
1: the people like they're going to be playoff teams that are looking to trade away the rental that they got an extra year on, or just looking to add to the team to build off of their success from this year. Or there's going to be, there, there's always, there are always critical trades at the draft that aren't just pick swaps. So letting let's say like 13 teams on the league feel comfortable with trading whoever, and then the other 18 worried about potentially getting it to the postseason or whatnot. If the, if the season even resumes, because that's a whole other thing too, is you hold the, you hold the draft in June based off of whatever info we have now uh, regarding COVID-19. Right. And then let's say it doesn't get any better after the draft. And then, that's it. We just have the draft and there's no more games left. Well, the teams that kind of had to hamper what they could do at that draft because they thought they're have the postseason and they couldn't make the deals because, well, you can't trade players you're about to use in the postseason. Well, then they get boned because they held on to these players for a postseason that never happened. And then they lose that contract. So, like, I don't know how that right there how that train of logic isn't enough of a competitive disadvantage to just be like, this is fucking dumb. Why don't we just wait a little longer? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like I, it's just, they think it's going to be as big as the the NFL drafts and it's just fucking not. That's what it comes down to is they think this could be the thing that saves. This will be the way they cancel out having the canceled games. And it's just not going to work out that way.
0: Like they'd be better off just having like a shootout tournament with the best. Of <laughs> yeah,
1: fuck it. Yeah, honestly, like they
0: would legitimately be better off just having a freaking shootout tournament, like the NBA horse <laughs> tournament, but actually more fun.
1: Yeah, they, I, they, they can figure out stuff to do in the the downtime. But even yeah, even for this is just gonna be. I don't think it's gonna happen now. I got really nervous when news first came out, and they said that that memo was getting sent around, and they're having all these meetings. And then, now that we're at the end of the week, and there's nothing, nothing certain, I think it's because they got pushback from the the league, pretty much being like, "This is the dumbest thing you could do right now." <laughs> so uh, that's I'm hoping just, that was the dialogue. Doesn't,
0: it doesn't make sense. Like, nah. I, I the average American can't even name like. Five hockey players. Oh yeah, no, let absolutely. alone pay attention to who the top, you know, international and Canadian junior players. Are.
1: <laughs> yeah, nobody, no, the casual, like the person that usually only pays attention to the NFL and NBA, isn't going to be like, oh, the NHL draft is uh moved up a couple weeks. Oh, I can finally see where Alexis Lafreniere is going to go. It's like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not what happens. Like they don't even fucking know who that is, and they probably won't even know who that is when he comes to the league in three years and is a dominant rookie. So, like, it's just not...
0: Man, can we talk about... Can we talk about Lias Anderson for a bit?
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Like, who even... I mean, Leon Dreisaitl... Like, let's say this was the 2014 draft. Is Leon Dreisaitl going to make news if... Like, if this was... The players from the 2014 draft were put here. Leon Draisaitl gets third overall. Is that even going to move the needle for anybody outside of the NHL? Like anybody that doesn't pay attention to hockey, do they care? Like who went third or fourth? Or they don't even know who went first. So it's just it's a terrible idea. I am am It sounds like. In, in, in our... your
0: humble opinion, and you actually know some of these people. Like you actually know. I know a like, few. Oh, well, I these... was
1: going to say the other thing too was this year was a you know. Once I saw the Flyers were getting better, and I thought we would be writing about you know postseason stuff around here, I was like, well, the draft isn't going to be as crucial early on. People aren't, especially Flyers fans, after years of just being able to read about where we can spend our first-round picks, I think a lot of people were just excited for actual playoff hockey. Little
0: did you know that you'd be talking about Quentin (laughs) Byfield.
1: Yeah, little little did I know that they're going to move up a draft earlier on. So I'm going to, I'm still going to do research. I mean, I'm going to, when the draft is coming up, I'm going to do a ton of research and I'm going to start doing it now. But I know a lot of the names I couldn't tell you anything about.
0: Alexander Holtz.
1: Couldn't tell you a single thing about that. I'm just reading down. I'm going to guess German.
0: I, (laughs) I didn't know anybody until just now. I still don't know anybody. And then yeah. the other thing is, like, you don't even have a proper draft order, right? Because no, teams haven't the played the playoffs, thing. and so it's that's, bullshit. It's yeah. bullshit.
1: That's the other thing is, apparently, uh, th- yeah, I mentioned it uh, a little while back. It sounds like the thing, the way they would cancel out the whole idea of uh, the uncertainty that goes into making sure that everybody gets the right drafting odds, or, like, you know, teams that are on the cusp of making the postseason, and now if they don't finish out the games, it might get screwed over. Whatever. The whole thing is... Uh, all those odds are going to be off. And apparently, Bob McKenzie threw out that uh, if the draft does go through in early June, they would go back to how they did it in 2012, or the draft, or what they did as of most recently, 2012, which was the bottom five teams at the chance of landing number one. And that was it. So, no chances to move up to second or third. And it's not every non playoff team, it's only the top five get a chance to get number one. And if you're looking at the top five right now, uh, that really helps the Red Wings. And I mean, uh, they. If it wasn't the Red Wings, uh, I guess those fans this year do deserve some kind of reward for the season they had to go through. But it's Detroit, and they see Stanley Cups all the fucking time, so I don't care. But anyway, apparently that helps them get a better you know overall, it, overall pick.
0: After all the Russian, you know, superstar Russians and Stevie Y they had in the late '90s, screw them.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They can. I hope they still lose out in the top overall. Pick. But apparently, they're, the odds of them getting the first overall pick jumped up a bunch. I forget what the exact amount was. I think it was. I thought I saw something like forty percent had jumped up for them having a better chance, but they would have the number one pick. Ottawa has the second overall pick and the third overall pick. They're getting the third from San Jose because the, that was the first in the Carlson deal that got kicked back to this year. So uh, that worked out pretty well after. Yeah. After um, the centers kind of, you know, looked like idiots a couple years ago, it turned out pretty well for him uh, when at the top of the order, but, uh, and then the Kings are fourth and then the ducks are fifth. And with all this, the Flyers at the moment would draft, 26th overall. So again, I mean, even li- just looking at the situation we're in as Flyers fans, uh, I don't want to do a fucking draft in early June and draft 26th because that's a, they assume the Flyers will get that far in the postseason and then they continue the postseason and the Flyers end up losing the first round and the Flyers are picking towards a spot that's given to a team that's usually you know losing in the second or third round and they're they're getting boned over in draft position because they had to rush out and do the season or like do the draft before the season resumed every way. I don't know who, I don't know who this would actually make happy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know.
0: It doesn't like, even make the prospects happy. Cause it's not like I, they're going to join the teams any sooner.
1: Yeah. Like it's still, yeah, this would just lock up the fact that they're not going to be able to sell. They would have to do like what everybody did at the NFL draft and just kind of can't go out and celebrate that night. After you've been drafted, like uh, you just kind of stay at home with the family, which I guess is fine, but it's still not how most of these guys probably envisioned the night that they were drafted. They're, you know.
0: I mean, we saw that with the the NFL draft, where those guys were just kind of like, "Okay."
1: Yeah, guys were like, "Oh, I'm not gonna go. Okay, I'll just sit here and you know play Scrabble with my family until I pass out in a couple of hours." <laughs> like that was what they were doing on on all those picks. So, I don't know. uh, So that's with the draft. So that's a lot of stuff going on with the draft. Uh, Sounds – doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound like a lot of uh, anything we want to hear about. Uh, Also, what we don't want to hear about is uh, the league is still trying to figure out a way to address the issue of testing players when they come back. Um, And this is from the uh, Nicholas J. Katsanica from NHL.com. Bill Daly said, quote, we're going to need to have access to testing, and we're going to make it a point that we're not accessing testing even in a private way. If testing is available – if testing availability is an issue in the community, we will not test asymptomatic players ahead of symptomatic people who are unable to get tested. It's just something we will not do. So again, I think we touched on that last week, the idea of even if you could manage to get the testing done for the players, there's still probably going to be players that are pushing back on the, the moral dilemma of that, of you know, should we be getting tested every day just because we play hockey compared to people that probably need tests that are showing symptoms out in the general public. So apparently the leak isn't going to move forward if that is an issue. Like if they are kind of using privilege to get these tests over just people out in the community. Um,
0: yeah, because that's a PR disaster. That is a
1: fucking, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, if the other stuff wasn't enough of a PR disaster, this is also a, a, a real world idiotic PR disaster situation. Yeah. Um, And then um, he also said there are a number of potential solutions that are pitched to us and to other sports leagues and other organizations every day. And I say it's an important part of the process in terms of making sure you thoroughly vet that and understand understand the testing solution you're embracing. Um, Daly also talked about how much how a bunch of the cities approach the league about being hub cities uh, and Kansanika included uh, Edmonton. Uh, He also talked about a community would need the capacity for a testing program, along with a first-class arena, practice ice, hotel capacity, and the ability to secure access. Uh, Went on to talk about making sure local health authorities would support the decision to make them a hub city. Um, Also, daily emphasized uh, the league understands players concerns about how being away from families for their players, or players being away from their families for an extended period of time. And how uh, there was pushback on that. And he said, quote, we don't expect them to be isolated and away from their families for a four month period of time or a three month period of time or even a two month period of time. He said, we understand the important importance of kind of family interaction. And we'll find a way to accommodate that. So uh, also, I don't know how you're doing this if they're not away for at least two months. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, you got to
0: lock those guys up together. <laughs> quarantine them away from the rest of the world except for yeah. each other for two months so
1: I was going to say like they, they don't want to do that but at the same time uh, let's say you're on the Colorado Avalanche uh, I saw that they were doing trying to do a hub city for each division I think they are talking about Minnesota for the Central so uh, if you live in Colorado now you're not going to be flying back and forth I guess like after every game or after every practice or every couple of days so you're going to have to be isolated at some point trying
0: to prevent COVID
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is uh, like, it's just the league is going to lose money and I, and they're just, it's going to lose I'm money gonna regardless yeah, they're gonna how
0: much they, lose. Yeah. honestly, they need to think, they need to think about what's best for the game for getting attention to the game and producing, like if they can produce hockey, producing exciting hockey, even if it's just television cameras and nobody yeah. in the arena, but also like, they need to have perspective. Like nobody people give a shit about playoff hockey. People don't really give a shit about the draft.
1: People care about playoff hockey until a Austin Matthews or a Patrice Bergeron or a Claude Giroux get COVID-19. And the league oh, has to either deal with, they keep playing with COVID-19 in games or this postseason that you had to rush back up and get running is now going to be a, uh, a Claude Drew, Drewless Flyers against a Pittsburgh Penguins team without Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Like, well, I,
0: I think if they, they start any of those up and a player gets COVID, like, I think they're just pulling the plug.
1: Well, and that's, well, I mean, you would think, but then I just, I don't know. This is also the league where Sidney Cros- Crosby walked out in front of cameras and with the biggest cheeks I've ever seen in my life talked about he didn't have mumps. So that's like, true, but like, here's I've,
0: the thing I don't think anybody in the, <laughs> U.S. really gave a shit about the NHL having mumps, even though they (laughs) maybe should have. Whereas COVID's a worldwide pandemic, and all eyes are on you. Like, you remember how it was with Rudy Gobert. Like, that was a complete, like, instant disaster. And the NBA, as soon as the Rudy Gobert news came out, the NBA was like, no, we're we're done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, And the NHL, to their credit, I thought... I really thought the "we need to make some money" aspect of the NHL was going to come out then, because I thought Batman was going to oh, try to I, keep the keep them at the last round for a couple of days.
0: Yeah, I think they explored all avenues with that, and they yeah. <laughs> they tried.
1: Yeah, that announcement didn't come until the next day, so I, I know they were kicking around for it. They had to have been kicking around because, and if you don't believe that, um, let me remind you, we're talking about moving up a fucking draft a couple of weeks earlier. to early June when we're not sure when hockey's coming back. And then possibly just, you know, playing all these games in like three or four towns. So it's, uh, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what the league's thinking, I guess. I, I, I get, I get their line of thinking, but at the same time, th- this just can't be. I, I don't, I really fucking hope they don't do the draft this way. The draft, them moving up the draft hits me in the worst way more than even a 2014 playoff, I think. Like that, because, I don't know. That's just like the peak of stupidity for the league, it sounds like. Which is amazing. But uh, also not the NHL getting impacted. Uh, The KHL, even though they did, uh, I guess, pause the season or cancel the rest of the season around the same time the rest of the leagues were uh, announced that the Gagarin Cup will not be handed out this year and no champion will be named in the KHL. And I believe that's the first time in KHL history that won't happen.
0: Long and Uh, storied history.
1: Long and storied history of... A league where uh, Oscar Bartol is still playing, and then also Joe. I thought this was pretty big news. Uh, Joe Thornton shaved his beard. That's probably the biggest uh, COVID nineteen related stuff because I guess he was bored. And uh, I will say I've gotten bored enough where I started shaving my beard too, so I can uh, grow it thicker. So, no,
0: that's devastating like, much, news about Jumbo Joe. I yeah, mean, I mean, that I mean, was mean a, forest a of beard. beard.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. there he. I was trying to think of like we could go through and pick out like attributes for player's like most distinct attributes in the league and i feel like joe thornton's beard would be at the top of that list joe thornton's beard like zidane achara's height uh brad Marshan's nose uh like things like this like you know and uh but joe uh, jumbo Joe, uh shaved it all off so that's that uh what else uh, jvr had a kid steve moving away from COVID 19 stuff jvr had a kid and, Hooray. Uh, that's exciting and uh J- well J- jvr's wife lauren uh gave birth to a kid jvr didn't do too much uh they had a girl congrats. Speak, named congrats it congrats
0: to the the vr family the vr
1: family yeah. the vr
0: family and i just need to know when's that kid going to start scoring goals
1: yeah uh scarlet everly van Reems like are very con- inconsistent in being a baby sometimes she cries sometimes she doesn't i need to see her crying all the time to know if she's a baby you know how it works so she'll work on it that
0: I hear that she could be a very streaky baby.
1: Yeah, she's yeah, she's a streaky crier. It's not it's inconsistent, so uh, she's got to work on that. That's one want a routine of when and when she'll be awake. So, uh, <laughs> but that, that yeah. So JVR and a kid, a uh, little JVR L, LVR, I guess. Little Van Rames like so.
0: LVR, yeah.
1: Congrats to them, and then uh, now Steve, we're going to talk about the uh, 2011 draft because. The uh, jokesters over at uh, NHL.com, they, they they were joking around. They did a redraft to 2011, and uh, it was kind of cute, some of the answers they put up here. And uh, for those of you that don't know, the Flyers took Sean Couturier 8th overall in 2011. And, uh, I mean, based off of how well he's played you know, so far in his career in the last couple seasons he had, a lot of talk about him winning Selkie this year as the best two-way forward in the league. Um, he would have jumped up from 8th to 7th, in NHL.com writers eyes and uh, <laughs> let's go through the top of the list here, Steve. Uh, I can't really argue with this one. Uh, Nikita Kucherov at number one, he was taken 58th overall in 2011. Uh, they ranked him number one. And, uh, I think that's fair. Had the monster season last year. Won the, yeah, one he is Kucherov. I mean, he he's is Kucherov. So that's he's
0: an elite player in this league.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely fine. Uh, and to me through these orange and black, uh, glasses uh i'm thinking katoria should have been number two maybe three and i'll even listen to some shitty arguments for number four but number two is mark shifley and uh jump from being seventh overall to second very good again i will listen to an argument for putting him above katoria but i don't know about i i I don't know i don't know about second i'm talking like maybe put katoria four and shifley's third Uh, But apparently they like him so much, he's second. He has 444 points in his career, 180 goals in 519 games, uh, compared to Couturier, who has 402 points, so 42 less, uh, and he's played in 647 games. So Shaeflay is 0.86 points per game, and Couturier is 0.62. But outside of that, uh, I think Couturier has – I mean, it's – Shifley's work is a lot on the power play and everything, and I think I'd rather have Couture's two-way play and his dominance at 5-on-5. Five and five. and um, Also, I think Shifley, too. What was it? Shifley's had 23.42% of his production come on the power play compared to Couture's 16.67. Shifley's been doing a lot of work on the power play, a power play that includes Patrick Laine, uh, who has 43 power play goals over the last three seasons, which is good enough for fourth in the league. And Blake Wheeler, who leads the entire NHL with 83 power play assists since the start of 2017-18. And I know Scheifele plays a role in that, but he's also been getting a little bit of help on that power play. Um, So I think those would be my biggest arguments for why Sean Couture should be higher than Mark Scheifele. That's all. I mean, again, I know we're biased, but I I don't think Scheifele should be second. Considering they put Gabriel Landeskog three, which I don't really get either. I think he should have dropped a little bit further, dropped from two to three. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau is fourth. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know how he's not two or three on this though. It doesn't record.
0: make any sense. I think yeah. they just really want to go with the fact that Johnny Gaudreau is from New Jersey and they sent him to the Devils because that's really what <laughs> oh, it looks god.
1: like. Oh god! Oh god! That might be. I'm it. not even kidding. I didn't like, read it. it. Yeah. I didn't read yeah. it, and I didn't see that he even went to the Devils, Devils in the redraft, even though I put it. But, yeah, God, that would be annoying if they did that. That's probably what they did. And I guess we should let him off here. But, you know what? Let's fucking grill him. Why is Johnny yeah, Gaudreau not a second yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, Landis guy too, is like, there was a while there. He had a couple really fucking rough seasons. Uh, also, uh, last season he had 75 points. That was the first time he was a point-per-game player. Uh, he has 44 points this season, but he had a couple. He had one season where he had like 33 points in 77 games, like after he came into the league. So I know Katori had slow seasons to start, but that was also when he was a teenager playing on like the fourth line with Ronaldo and Hall and not given any offensive zone starts or power play time. And he's kind of grown into who, he, like Landis Gog was, came in, was fine, and then just had a couple seasons where he just wasn't, like wasn't relevant. So, keeping him at three is interesting. Good job, four. Jordan Bennington, five. Fine. I mean, you know, jumped from 88th to 5th. Um, He's got, he's 30-13-7 with a 9-12 save percentage and three shots this season. Um, Last season is the reason why he's, what's that?
0: You hate this guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I get it. Like, I mean, I guess he, like, he had that ridiculous season last year and he both the reason why the Blues won the cup, pretty much, I guess. So I, I get it. You know, I'm not going to make that argument that he shouldn't be up here, but I would say that, uh, I, you know, that whole thing with the Blues last year was, I, it's one of those things where everything had to lead to them playing Bennington. I don't think that was a thing where, like, Bennington was the ace in the hole, and they just, you know, it was a matter of time before Bennington was their card heart and waiting. It kind of felt like just the, everything broke right for him to play in Philly that night. And then it just kind of went from there. So uh, anyway, John Gibson, six. I do love me some John Gibson. Uh, 139, 103, 33 over his career. 918, save percentage, and 19 shutouts since 2013-14. Uh, and you think about how bad some of these fucking Ducks teams have been. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. Yeah, what was it? From 2015 I would draft Gibson
0: over Binning. Oh, no,
1: I would too. Yeah, I, I absolutely would. It's it. such
0: a weird list that's like yeah. very clearly taking a lot of like but why is Shifley so high? I just don't...
1: I, like The thing with Shifley, and it's always an argument about, or not really an argument as far as fans, but I think that is a discussion among Jets fans about Shifley or Couturier. Uh, I, I guess I can see a way that you put Shifley above Couturier. I mean, a lot of it is point production. Shifley does produce a, a ton of points. Uh, he
0: does, but also who cares? He,
1: who cares? Mainly because he's to Winnipeg. And also, like he is getting a little bit of help, because like I was saying, a lot of that work's coming on the power play. A power play where is. You know, putting home wrist shots and Blake Wheeler, she's wheeling and dealing. Oh, man, I didn't even mean to do that one, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wasn't even going for that one. That was an accidental dad on right there. So, uh but but yeah, I think John Gibson too, because I think some of these Duck teams, what was it, the last season and this season, it's just, he just gets caved in every night. And uh, the stat I found was from 2015 16 to 2017 18, for three straight years, Gibson had, uh, 40-plus games, 920 save percentage or better, and four-plus shoutouts So he was doing a lot of work and seeing a lot of pucks every night and still was posting above a 920 and getting some shout-outs too along the way for, you know, not great Ducks teams. Um, if you put Gibson on a good
0: team, like, he would easily be talked about as one of the best, if not the best goal in yeah. the
1: game. So what was it? Yeah, I mean, t- yeah, 2016-17, the Ducks went to the uh, Western Conference Final that year. So one reasonably good team almost made it to the cup <laughs> uh yeah that's that's kind of what's going on there and then and then katoria the you know the big jump from eight to seven for a guy that's you know the best two-way player in the game and then brandon Saad went eighth overall to the flyers and uh i mean he's been all right not a lot of other names coming up here for to uh, possibly john i mean i would have i wouldn't have minded jonathan Huberdeau. i think uh Huberdeau maybe didn't get a lot of love he's 10th on this list and mika's been just ninth but brandon Saad. 53 points in 2015-16 and 2016-17 hasn't broken that. He's never had 55 points in a season. Uh 130 goal season and 420 goal seasons. Uh and 33 points this season, but he's never been I feel like Brandon's I guy's name because he was a big help during the 2014-15 postseason runs for the Hawks and he was playing on the top lines with other really really good players and he's fine, but he's not like a I don't know. He's not like well, a, he's a player that player. you
0: trade he's a, a player you trade one for one for say like an artemis <laughs> for
1: an Artemi yeah, it worked out pretty well for all parties involved yeah <laughs> that fucking trade yeah i know
0: yeah, it's yeah really i fun. mean
1: we should like we should go back one day and just rip apart stan bowman because there's so many trades that he got the benefit of doubt from or like the benefit of doubt on since the last cup until like now and it was just a lot of people there were a couple of years were like hey I mean, three Bowman knows what he's doing. Three cuffs. So like, now when you look back at it, you're like, this is a fucking terrible trade. Like this one, I remember like, I was thinking like, oh man, he must be on to something. So I was gonna clean up, and like, I saw some other people having that same opinion, and then it just went downhill from there.
0: Gotta go to bow <laughs>
1: Bowman. Uh, yeah, Mika Zibinajad, uh, seventy-five points, for fifty-seven games this year.
0: <laughs> that was my favorite thing about the comments on this. Is like, dude, Zabinajad's so good, Zibinajad. <laughs> Like, he should yeah. have been the number one pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wonder why. Just fucking New York Rangers fans, and he's had a couple good seasons. Apparently, they're yeah. out there still. I mean, so, 41 goals this season. Pretty good. 30 last season, and then three 20 other 20-goal other seasons. Since he's been put on the power play, the reason why he's clean up in New York is he is good. But he's also gotten more ice time he's getting power play time in New York the last couple seasons, too. So, I think that's why all of his numbers have jumped up. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they get more talent around him and he's not getting as much ice time, how much he'd produce. But I mean, he is. Again, I like Huberdo too, uh, who somehow fell from third to 10th on this list. He had 92 points last season. And we're Honestly, doing the whole.
0: Put Huberdo up at eighth. Yeah, eighth I. Even Sabinichad, not Brandon Sod. Can you imagine if out of this crop, the Flyers ended up with Brandon Sod? man yeah that would be the most flyer shit possible (laughs) this makes me so happy i mean granted i would be really happy to have almost any one of these guys yeah but if we had sod out of this group i would be so fucking salty about that
1: yeah i think i would be too and again like sod was they this is somebody sod is a second round pick like he was taking 43rd overall they moved him up
0: he's fine
1: yeah he's fine that's that's the thing it's like he was a good he was a good like support player for those hawks teams and he's he is fine like he keeps getting 20 goal seasons but he's not somebody who i'm like yep top 10 pick right there i do like to how ryan newshire hopkins got boned out of all this uh when fir- first of all in the real draft two unranked on this 443 points which is good enough for fifth in the draft class on the oilers over the years so like that's not for nothing but anyway uh, and then also the only other goalie outside of the two we mentioned were uh Larant uh went 164th overall in the sixth round the Calgary, who is now 26-26 and five with a nine oh six save percentage, 2.9 and one GAA, and a shutout over six seasons as the Oilers and Jets backup goalie. So, I mean, they picked the two the two goalies, but I do think it was funny that Rnh just got they like made a point to not include him on the list. <laughs> They're like, hey, yeah. we got goalies, we can throw in? Yeah, yeah, put it – We don't want Rnh on here. Fuck them. So, <laughs> fuck. fuck them. Yeah, but I mean. You got any? Uh, you got any major uh, gripes with this? I mean, the Shifley one is really the thing that stuck in my craw. But we are Flyers fans, so that's why I, was, I to put all these numbers down for that. And then, yeah, I mean,
0: the Shifley one I think is a little annoying. Yet again, the the underrating of Sean Couturier.
1: Yeah, uh, that's how. Is, yeah.
0: I think that's the thing that just kind of uh, grinds my gears at the end of the day <laughs> is that Sean Couturier is just still getting underrated by half the league, despite you know just being a great all overall player. Uh, raising his offensive profile to finally show he's a great two-way center, even though we've known that since he was like 19 years old. Yeah. yeah,
1: I do like even looking, I'm looking at just looking at Landis Cog numbers in Toria. Like, I mean, I feel like there's, you know, people still like Landis Kog still talk about him in a positive, like Toria 402 points of 647 games and Landis Kog has 460 and 633 games. Like playing in the last few seasons, he's been playing with McKinnon. So uh,
0: I don't even think Katori got power play time until like two years ago.
1: No, yeah, that he, yeah, that's the whole, yeah, it. He really didn't. That's the that's always been the frustrating thing because it's the people that hated him were like, oh, well, I mean, he's not scoring goal. We know what we're seeing. And it's like I don't, we, we don't think you do because he's playing the worst type of minutes here. He's playing the least likely minutes to produce all, like offense.
0: He's and playing that, with Matt Reed and Zach Ronaldo.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah while starting in the d zone at no power play time what would you expect them like what what were the numbers you would want to see for that do you think that 20 goals are going to happen that way no but it is what it is and i uh, can't go back it time also
0: wave. doesn't matter
1: it does not matter but we like to talk about it what does matter though
0: guess who we have we have sean couturier and i'm really i'm pretty about happy about, about yeah. that
1: yeah, this is more of respect for Sean Couturier, not I want any of these guys. And I, I mean I would like to see Johnny Goudreau in a flyers uniform, but that would have to happen Johnny soon. Goudreau. And also I don't, I don't want it to, Don't want it in place of Couturier. Uh but you know that this is all stuff that's happened in the past, something that might happen in the future, apparently, Steve. On the segues. Uh Pittsburgh may trade away a goalie uh this is according to the athletics josh yoey i think i'm saying that right as
0: opposed to letting him go in the expansion draft
1: i think that's pretty much the the line of thinking here Uh, i did not read the article took out the snippets that's how you that's how you do reading online um but according to the athletics josh yoey pittsburgh gm jim rutherford who's now 103 said the team may have to trade away one of either matt murray or tristan jari quote i'll say this if we are going to keep both of them we have to move a few things around on our team, end quote. Ruthvers said, there is a way to do things and make and to make that work. Yes, there are some very, very tough decisions ahead. So just to give you a glimpse on the Penguins cap situation at first, also again, welcome to Quarantine uh, Topics. This is, this is where we're at. Both uh, <laughs> goalies are RFAs at the end of whenever the season comes to a close. Uh, Murray's making 3.75 million right now. Jari's making 675,000 right now, and uh, Pittsburgh has 15.73 million in cap space with 10 forwards, 60 men, and a goalie. Casey DeSmith, locked up for next season. So that right there, that line right there, is 15.73 million to get at least two more forwards, probably one more defenseman, and two NHL-level goalies. So uh, that's a lot you got to get, averaging a, a, under like three million a player. So I'm excited to see what the Penguins do next year to put out a playoff team. But
0: uh, they're gonna find a way.
1: Yeah, and I think one way, as I also put in the notes here, some dumbass team will build them out by trading for Nick Bukestad, who only has one more year at four million, four million left on his deal, or Brian Russ, who has two more years at three point five million. Uh, Zach Aston-Reese also has one year left at a million dollars.
0: They so, call them the Buffalo Sabres.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can't fucking wait to see the package that, like, the Predators put together to take, uh, you know, Nick Bukestad off their hands for a first. It's going to be great. It's going to be worth it. But uh, looking at their stats, too, Murray was twenty eleven five 5 899 save percentage. 899 save percentage in 36 games. Once the best goalie outside of the NHL, the best pros- prospect in that, not yet in the league, helped the Penguins win all these cups. Eight ninety nine save percentage.
0: Sounds like five of the Flyers goalies from a couple of years back. <laughs>
1: Sounds yeah. That if that's not Mike McKenna, and then also uh, nine, I, I did want to put down his uh the good numbers Mike for Mike McKenna
0: I, would be overjoyed an eight ninety nine <laughs> NHL save percentage.
1: Mike McKenna would have been happy with uh, just a regular NHL season if he was like if once I said twenty eleven five, he'd be like, oh shit, that's almost half a season. You yeah, know, I'm down for whatever numbers you got. I'll take those. So um what else 20, oh, Murray's postseason numbers are pretty good. He had 923 save percentage and one shutout in the 2016 postseason, 937 save percentage and three shutouts in 11 games during the 2017 postseason. Um jari a uh, a little less known commodity but not not exactly a a goalie I guess you'd want to trade away. I mean, he had a pretty strong season this year. 2012 and 1 921 save percentage, 243 GAA, and three shutouts. And he was also the reason – you remember when Crosby got hurt and the Penguins just didn't lose anyway? So Sadly. Yeah, so he was a big reason for that. He went 8-1-0 in December with a 947 save percentage and three shutouts. 947 save percentage over nine games. Uh, and then from February – and then also on the same in the same breath, kind of fell apart towards the end of the year. Uh, so from February on, he is 3-4-0 with an 896 save percentage. 0-4-0 with an 8.45 save percentage in his last four games. I'm very happy that right now at this point in time, this is when they have to pick which one of these goalies to pick because there's, I, I don't know. It sounds crazy to me that they would walk away from Murray, but at the same time,
0: the he's been real bad. Dude's last been years. real
1: inconsistent. Yeah, like he's yeah, like I think his numbers last year were fine, but then he just he started out real bad fans. last year. Yeah, like he
0: and I mainly know this because I had him on a fantasy hockey team, and I think it was the BSH league actually. And I had a rough first like few weeks because Murray was just so goddamn bad, and I <laughs> yeah. almost dropped him from my yeah. team. And then uh, I remember he came back on in the second half, and and the team was much better. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, no, that's true. And I he so, and this year obviously we went over the numbers. He was a Trojan, and there were games. They had a game this year against the Caps where I think Murray let in like three goals in the first 10 minutes, and some of them were atrocious. One of them, I think he turned the puck over behind the net and just didn't get back in time. And then they put Jari and they came back. And um, I, I, I don't know. I They should probably just not have not have either. But then again, I, I don't know how you got to an NHL season with this Caps space. And uh, only Casey DeSmith, and like I don't see them going forward with just Casey DeSmith, and I really don't see them doing Jari and Casey DeSmith. But maybe they might end up. I mean, they could end up doing that. But either way, I just wanted to, you know, during these times, I just want to let everybody know that the Penguins are kind of running into problems. So we got to remember too, they didn't exactly end the season on the best note. Like they had a they had a rough spell there, uh, a couple of weeks before the pause. So maybe uh you know, maybe this is uh maybe, maybe the Penguins uh, have a harsh playoff exit. They get kind of pissed, throw away their goalies, a couple other people, and then uh, good times with the Flyers can start again. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm focused on right now. What, during these trying times, I'm just thinking about the Penguins' cap situation. That's what I'm to go.
0: <laughs> it helps me sleep at night.
1: Yeah. So, all right, Steve, uh, you got to tell me, did you happen to look at these USHL names?
0: I have not looked at these yet.
1: I went through uh, the USHL draft is this week. I picked out a bunch of ones that I thought were funny. You can tell me if they are funny or if they aren't. Honestly, first overall pick, and I also didn't even look at the team names. It doesn't matter. First overall pick, Quinn Finley. I thought it was somewhat funny, but it turns out to be a pretty normal name. Third overall, Cade Littler. So Cade Littler. Cam- oh. Cameron Van Sickle. That one I <laughs> that- like.
0: That's an amazing name. Like that sounds yeah. like a, a baron or something. By the
1: way, Cameron. There's no e, so Cameron, like the old rapper, and then Van Sickle. That's a pretty. Uh, that's one of my favorites. This That'd one, be a
0: great rap name, straight up.
1: That would. Yeah, it sounds like a borderline drag. My boy
0: Cameron Van Sickle. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Zam Plant. Duke. The Duke. <laughs> the Duke.
0: Oh, Zam Plant. That's Zam Robert Plant. Plant's shitty brother.
1: Yeah. The the one that the parents don't like, so they gave him the name Zam. Is that that's not a name? Right? That this is the first time that's ever been used on a person. Shazam. Damn. Okay, <laughs> I'll take the Shazam Shazam plant. So there's that. Oh, oh.
0: Name. uh
1: Jackson Panzer. Ja- so the reason I put this one here, you need to know how Jackson's spelled. J A K S E N. Wolf. Jackson Panzer.
0: Jackson Panzer was a great opening band at Ozfest '98. <laughs>
1: Where did Camden Shazby open? Where did he go?
0: (laughs) Camden Shazby. Camden Camden Shazby. Shazby. You know what? Camden Shazby was pretty good at the 2002 Y100 Festival.
1: (laughs) Camden Shazby is the name you make up when you're trying to make up a name. Like if I come to you and I've been Steve, just make up a funny name so I can put in this bit. You've been like Camden Shazby.
0: (laughs) Camden is uh,
1: one hell of a yeah. Uh, Bowden Singleton, center going 54th overall.
0: Bowden uh, Singleton, that, that's that's probably the most hockey esque name besides Quinn Finley so far.
1: Yeah, I was gonna, so that one's very hockey. I think this one, Paxton Geisel, that's another very
0: oh, that's that's a that's a fake acting like alias right there. Yeah,
1: that, yeah, that guy's starring
0: had a... Paxton Geisel as the boss,
1: as the extra in uh, Prison Break. Uh, Paxton Geisel, Brazen Baser it's not Besser, Bozer, Brazen Bozer,
0: Brazen Bozer,
1: Grayson Badger,
0: <laughs>
1: Winter Wallace, Remington Kiapple, and then last. Latter- oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, Remington. I, there's
0: Remington Steel, and then there's Renning- Remington Remington Keople.
1: <laughs> well, the thing too, I think the USH, uh, I think the Chicago team in the USHL is the steel. So Remington should have been drafted by the steel. I mean, you're the USHL. You can have a little fun with it. You know, magnifying glass isn't really on you. Just fucking, just go fill with yucks. So Remington should have been with Chicago. And then the last name, uh, I mean, Landry Schmuck. That's kind of, it's just an <laughs> unfortunate last name. So
0: dinner for Landry Schmuck.
1: <laughs> Steve Carlson. <just> <laughs> so that was, that's it. This is it. This is, this is the show. That's what we had all that right there. A little bit of around the league. And then uh, and then we'll wrap it up. But, uh, I mean, you're good for that. Steve, you got any uh, you want to comment on these names here?
0: You know, I have I think I've commented enough. Uh, uh, yeah. Winter Wallace is coming and we got to get going. I, yeah. It's it, we've already recorded a lot this week. So I'm good keeping yeah, this let's one wrap nice it and tight and, and short and, you know, we'll get back to the usual shenanigans next week.
1: If I can ask, what time are we looking at right now?
0: As far as how long the podcast is gone, Yeah. We're just about an hour.
1: Okay, good. I think that's the answer you should have given me no matter what. <laughs> that's true, work. but that's actually the truth. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to really milk this around the league. So around the league, uh, Yaroslav Halak returning to the Bruins one year, 2.25 million. Uh, D-man Ben Harper is staying with the Preds organization one year, 700K. Left hand defenseman Christian Juice, staying with the Ducks for one year, 1 million. Right hand defenseman Yanni Pachempa, staying with the Ducks for one year, 750K. That's always a fun thing to say. Left hand defenseman Miko Lednen signs his ELC with the uh, Maple Leafs, one year, 925K. 26 year old had 49 points, 17 of which were goals in 60 games last year with Jokerit and the KHL. Frederick Hondamark, I think that's how you say it, signs the ELC with the Sharks, one year, 792.5K, had 38 points in 52 games as the captain of the Malmo Redhawks in the SHL last season. Right-hand defenseman Artem Zub signs the ELC with the Senators for one year, 925K. You want to talk about names, that's a pretty good name right there. Uh, 24-year-old, 13 goals. That's a Star Wars
0: name. Artem Zub is 100% a Star Wars name. <laughs> And then Admiral <laughs> Akbar turned to Artem Zub and said, I don't think we're going to make it out of here. It's a trap.
1: Twenty-four-year-old <laughs> had 13 goals, 22 points in 57 games last year for SKA, St. Petersburg and the KHL. And then um, last but not least, we should yell at Brennan Leipzig and apparently Jack Rodewald, who I barely know. And also I didn't see any of the messages he had in the, in this group chat that was going on. Didn't really care to look. Uh, Brendan lifesick uh, was leaked uh, at a bunch of his, I think, Instagram messages came forward. He was dunking on, or yeah, he's just dunking on a bunch of teammates, uh, wives, and girlfriends, and whatnot. Do
0: it over text message, man. Oh
1: man, that's not the, that's not the official stance, Sloppy perfectly, By the way, <laughs> but, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Know, not... <laughs> but we just wanted to put it out there. Uh, Snapchat,
0: that's again... we Talk <laughs> shit on people, it disappears.
1: <laughs> well, I want to say this is. Those don't
0: don't talk this shit in the first place. Obviously.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, but again, on that same, on the like same thought, it's extremely shitty. But I'm telling you right now, Brendan Leipzig is not the only one out there doing that. It's an an, an issue for the entire league and pretty much hockey culture in general. This is the whole thing back in you know December and November when all the Bill Peters stuff came out, and everybody's like, oh, here comes a reckoning the hockey culture. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, here we are. So it's uh fucking terrible and I'm sure Leipzig is going to have a real tough time going back on the ice uh, just because he's, he's going to get headhunted now as he should and I'm sure I mean obviously don't, the the thought process and the actions that go into this type of shit is indefensible and makes everybody look bad and he should be ashamed <laughs> I mean honestly like he should be but I don't, right. I don't think he, I think it's a classic case of he's only apologizing because he got caught Oh yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if he if that changes. We'll see if more players are getting called with uh, in these situations. But um, yeah, he's a real piece of shit. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, he is not the Tyler Pitt like replacement next year. That'll be a real bummer. because he's been bounced around teams. I don't know why. <laughs> Shame.
0: Shame. <laughs> Properly shamed. Life's a character. Getting
1: a little bit of that sea dog and the jacket action going in here. That soundboard action right now.
0: I just gotta invest. That's all I gotta do.
1: And speaking of investing, that is the show. So thank you for investing your time in about <laughs> Jesus. six hours of podcasting we've got on the board this week. What, uh,
0: what a freaking transition! That yeah, one. that was
1: uh, yeah. I'm glad I'm Be- leaving out on that one. Yeah.
0: Before we we exit, uh, just a couple quick shout outs. Uh, David Rothenberger asked for a uh, birthday shout out, so birthday shout out to David. Thanks for listening. Happy birthday. And, uh, Dave. Enjoy. All those great, uh, those great Warrington, Warminster haunts. I I don't know anything about (laughs) the area, but you do.
1: Oh, yeah, I could. I mean, you know, there's not much you can do now, but uh, I got nothing. Yeah. Happy birthday.
0: Julia P on Twitter also said, I got to say about last week's show, I got to say as a German, I really enjoyed y'all trying to pronounce the D E L names. I enjoyed that entirely too much. That was a pretty,
1: uh, yeah. You know, we might have to do that. One of these, but next week's, uh, fuck, or I mean, not even fuck, uh, next week's K-H-L yeah, we might just go through KHL and like EBL, E-B-E-L names and that type of shit and, uh, figure out who's still there. So we can do that.
0: Yeah, we can do that. Sounds good. Uh, if you do have feedback like these, uh, these fine folks, the best place to give it to us is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at sports are bad.
1: The, yep. That, that, uh, that he can. Yep. All right. <laughs> I don't want to keep saying. <laughs> no, but... no, no, you're fine. Yeah, you don't yeah, have to plug yeah. anything.
0: you can going to say, yep,
1: cool. it, yep. Yep. All right.
0: Yep. All right. All right. All right. You can reach me at flyperbole or at Esteban, but for your hockey needs, make it flyperbole. Uh, you can also follow BSH radio and broad street hockey, follow broad street hockey, like broad street hockey on Facebook, all that fun stuff. And, uh, be sure to rate, subscribe and listen on audio trough and, uh, Scotty <laughs> scooty loots, uh, podcast loops, all that good stuff.
1: Scooty loops, podcast loops. Yeah, the worst offshoot of freely loops ever. Like, just it absolutely
0: is. Well, because it murders you at the end of the day. <laughs> and uh, Kurt uh, tweeted at us. You know, we all know. We all know Kurt. Yeah, Kurt's yeah. Yeah. Uh, just saying. Uh, Guy Fieri's raised over twenty million dollars for out-of-work restaurant staffers. So, Guy Fieri. Yeah, that's... A proper donkey sauce, right
1: there. I was gonna say Guy Fieri is probably the only person holding this country together right now, if I could be honest. Like, it's I mean, true.
0: it's being held together with the donkey sauce because we <laughs> all know it makes your arteries like glue.
1: He is connecting every owner of a diner, drive-in, and dive from the west coast to the east coast. And honestly, I'm happy that we jumped on the Guy Fieri train last year, and uh, I hope it never derails. So uh,
0: I'm just still holding out hope that I win that fanatics all-in challenge, and you see me. On an episode of din- Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives.
1: I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, give you too much pressure here, but that'd be huge for us as a podcast. So if you could make that happen somehow,
0: just be you, really though, good for the brand. It'd
1: be amazing for the brand if you could somehow get on there. So make it happen,
0: <laughs> oh, gang. That's all we got. Uh, be sure to uh, check out Flyperly under Quarantine, uh, the early week show where we talk about a single flyer's topic, and we're still talking flyers on there somehow. We have talked flyers. More on that show than we have the entire podcasting careers that we've had.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is kind of weird how the quarantine has impacted that and this. Like, it's uh, like the fucks are becoming the uh, the longer episodes now.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and also, we did a really, really long and fun uh, podcast trivia uh, exchange with the great people over at The Good Fight so yeah. be sure to check that out when that comes out. That'll be dropping on both the BSH feed and the Good Fight feed. So uh, great to hang out with all of them tonight and uh, dish some Phillies and Flyers trivia out there.
1: Yeah, technically I was on that podcast. I was there technically speaking. <laughs> In my Craig was internet on a dial-up modem. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I had to keep running outside looking for a signal, and then I had to like do a little bit of... Air traffic control. To, it, it was a. It was too much for my uh, computer and internet, apparently. But I, I made some <laughs> shitty jokes. You guys know what to do. Uh, so I did your
0: computer wasn't connecting properly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you'll hear me make like eight remarks, and then people just make fun of my internet. So that's a, it's good time though. Good ten. It's good time you ten.
0: That's okay because not to see your video where you can see it, like, like you know when you accidentally see something in standard def when you expect it to be in high def, and you're like, what the. That was, that was great
1: tonight. Oh, really? <laughs> it was bad. Oh, man. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, Shit. oh
0: man. You know, but, yeah. Hey, you looked like Carson Wentz through all that.
1: Thank, thank you. That's all I was looking for. That's all. not Carrot Top, just Carson Wentz. <laughs> <was> Carson
0: Wentz. <laughs> all right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe. Wash your damn hands. Stay inside. I know it's tempting with this nice weather to get out, but stay inside for your own good and for the good of everybody else. And... Until next time, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody. This is Fly Purple It is a podcast
1: about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys, these are the guys who watch the hockey sport.
0: Yeah! Flip float, 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 slide float,